Today's episode will be brought to you by Julia Hampton, CPA PC. Julia and her team are unlike any accountants that you've worked with. Their communication, their individual attention to detail can be the game changer for your business and your personal tax needs. The game changer for them is the personal approach. Julia and everyone that she has working for her, they get to know each and every client on a personal level. They understand all the ins and outs and everything that goes into making their business successful. And on top of that, and we're not just saying this because there are, you know, overlords and sponsors. We're saying it right. it's real. They're involved in the community. They're out there. They are a piece of everything we do around town. So... Contact Julia E. Hampton, CPA PC, today at Julia at Hampton, CPA.net. Put a business partner inside your business. You know, you and I know many entrepreneurs in our area who are kind of like mad scientists. They have wonderful visions and they're, they have high energy and they're, they're big picture people. But unless that mad scientist surrounds himself or herself with, with people who know the numbers and know how to, to follow in their way to make certain that the foundation is in place, that business may not, may not succeed. This is Rick Fire. Rick Fire, welcome. It's my pleasure to be here, Nick. You are the president at Summit Bank of Kansas City, now with two branches. Yes, as of March. <laughs> well, let's before we get into the bank, you, you've been in Lee Summit for a while. You have been an active member in the community, several several different boards and organizations throughout the community. What are you what are you into now? Where where are you spending your time besides running a bank? Well, running the bank is really the focus of, of what I'm doing now with the opening of our new facility on Douglas. That really doubles our exposure and it pro- provides a new level of convenience we haven't had before. Most people in Lee Summit who are familiar with our bank know that we're kind of tucked uh, behind Culver's Restaurant. And so we've been a destination point for 12 years. It's worked okay for us, but it hasn't been ideal. And so we had an opportunity to, to buy the former Union Bank, former Arvest facility. Uh, we jumped on it. Perfect location for us. Well, well, I guess let's let's then go with go with the bank. You you spent your whole career in banking. You've been with some others bef- before this, and then you were part of the founding group for Summit Bank back in in two thousand five. So. That's correct. Is that so? I don't think most people think of banking when they think of entrepreneurs and starting new business. That that's probably not one of the first things. So, so talk a little bit about what what goes into starting a bank. You know, that is ironic that you should mention the word entrepreneur because I have been involved with the local um, efforts that started as the market center for ideas, and then that that kind of uh, transitioned into velocity. And so we, we try to nurture entrepreneurship locally. But what, we, what I discovered is, I, I look back at myself, and this bank is the poster child for something that started with a vision. We raised, uh, in 2005, we raised $8.3 million in capital. 
which is the first thing that one must do if one starts a bank. Now today, there aren't very many new banks starting at all, but, but back then, um, it was an ideal scenario for us. So, and then once you raise the capital and you find a location and you name the bank and you name the board and you hire the staff, then you have uh, the ability to gather deposits. And then once a bank has deposits, then we have money that we can loan. And so you have the three things that a bank needs, capital, deposits alone, and then loans to generate revenue so the bank can have sustainable earnings. When you're sitting with your other banker friends, and I'm going to just say now that anything numbers and math and... <laughs> okay, we're not talking ERA. Your eyes are crossing. What's that all about? <laughs> if we're not figuring ERA or batting average, I'm not with you. I can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're sitting around with your banker friends, I guess, I guess what is the thing that sparks the, hey, let's start a bank of our own? What, what, what makes that idea happen? You mean other than insanity and poor judgment? Well, but, uh, you know, I think that's any of us who start any business. <laughs> so I'm going to say insanity and poor judgment is the commonality. <laughs> that would be true. Um, well, for us, it was the realization that there really was a need, at least in, in our opinion, for a smaller community bank to meet the local needs. We have, we have a lot of banks at least some. In fact, just this morning, somebody at my Rotary breakfast who lives in Lee Summit turned to me and said, oh, yes, I remember now you're in banking. And, oh, my gosh, it seems like every other corner there's a bank, and where there isn't a bank, there's a church. And he had just described Springfield, Missouri to me. But um, we thought that there was a need for a smaller community bank that was responsive with local ownership and local leadership that was accessible to business people who needed decisions. That's not denigrating any other institution. That's not um, criticism whatsoever. But uh, our ability to be nimble is one of the biggest values that we bring to our customers. In an industry that is very institutionalized, what? How do you break in? And I know your focus was on community, but but how do you break in and make a name for yourself and kind of jump into that market and? and make a hole so that you can fit in. It, um, it isn't and wasn't an easy task, but anybody who doesn't think banking is a relationship just like any other business is not realistic. Um, we recognize that every bank has money that is green, and it's all the same size currency, and it's all the same types of coins. And the only thing that separates us is our ability to meet either the credit needs or the deposit needs of our depositors and be there when they need us. It would be nice, Nick, if we could go out. You know, we have to grow. Every bank wants to grow. It would be nice for, for me to go out in the community and make five sales calls or five calls for people who are good prospects and say, I'm Rick Fire with Some Bank Kansas City. We'd love to have your business. And then they magically say, oh, my gosh, where have you been? Yes, we will do that. That never really happens just like that. It's a timing issue. It's a time when they know us, they know that we enjoy a good reputation and we have a good, we have a loyal customer following, but until a business owner is upset or dissatisfied or frustrated with their existing relationship, they really aren't going to think of another bank. I would guess, and, I, and, I, and again, I have no background other than I use a bank, <laughs> that both business and personal customers it takes a lot to change a bank, to convince somebody to change. It does. 
It does. In fact, uh, more so today than ever because um, the time where people automatically and routinely come into bricks and mortar to do banking is probably well past us. Now, there are a whole lot of people who love to come into the bank, and as you sit here with me and watch the lobby, you'll see that and you'll see people you know. But with the advent of and, and the popularity of online banking and access to your banking accounts on your phone and the ability to use uh, the different tools to buy through your phone or electronically, it really has reduced the number of warm bodies that actually need to come into a bank. Some of the things you just described earlier about the building the relationships and making inroads, those are the same things that entrepreneurs, no matter the size, talk about. So I kind of want to make this a little relatable to the work you do with Velocity. And we can we can get in a little bit, I think, to the to more details of what Velocity Lee Summit does, because it's a, I, it's a program more people should know about. But how do you, when you're working with other business owners, other small business owners, whether it's as a banker, whether it's through Velocity or other organizations in the community, how do you, I guess, how do you kind of let relate and show that it's the same, you know, it's a matter of scale, but it's the same things. I guess, how do you kind of, how do you bridge that gap? Um, are you referencing the, diff- the maybe the frustrations of a business yeah, owner? Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, again, I just think because perception, people probably don't look at what you do as the same type of being an entrepreneur. And so yeah. I wonder, I, I guess I'm curious kind of how you, you make that relatable because you do do a lot of work with other small business owners. I mean, that's your business, but right. then it's also part of your community goal, working with groups like Velocity. What we've discovered, and every, every banker has discovered the commonality, any company that wants to survive and thrive has to understand the value of strategic planning. Um, Success just doesn't happen serendipitously. It happens because uh, there's a process that's followed and it doesn't have to be brain damaged, but a good owner or a good manager will have a vision and have some strategic steps on how to reach the goals and objectives of the company over time, over a reasonable time period. The old adage in banking and companies is cash is king, absolutely, and you know that, you've heard it. And so for a bank, our opportunity is to provide maybe working capital or access to working capital in the form of a line of credit for local companies so that when seasonality upticks and downticks happen in sales, they can easily access a line of credit and pay their bills without saying, oh my gosh, I have run out of money. That's, um, and so strategically planning and understanding their own financial statements, understanding that their balance sheet includes all of the things they own and all of the things that they owe. And then the final figure on the balance sheet, of course, is what part of the company the owner actually does own. So understanding that and then understanding the income statement. An entrepreneur Uh, has to understand the same things, to raise the capital, to generate revenues, to pay the expenses, and earn a profit so that they can finally achieve their entrepreneurial dream. This makes me curious. I feel like we're dissecting the atom. (laughs) No, no, I think think it's interesting, and I'm going to go back to the beginning a little bit. How this all relates, you talked about how you had to raise capital. You said $8.3 million, I think, to, to to start a bank. 
I know the very, very small amount of money that I put together <laughs> by comparison. So what's it like when you guys, you, you scratch out on the napkin, your plan, and then you sit down and you realize we've got to raise eight or more million dollars. So tell me about how you construct a strategy to put that kind of capital together. Well, in the, in the banking industry, um, our, our best tool and our biggest challenge is our size. And I'm, talking, I'm not talking about the other banks locally. I'm talking about Summit Bank of Kansas City. We're a relatively small institution. And uh, with that, we have the ability on the plus side to be nimble, to be responsive. Um, but on the negative side, it limits the amount of credit that we can provide to our customers. And um, it, just, just by nature of, of not being the same size as some of the larger institutions, we're not able to compete. So we knew when we started the bank that it took a certain amount of capital to support a bank of a certain size. And so with $7 million in capital, we knew that we could comfortably be a 75 or $80 million institution. Currently, we're at $55 million, but the last challenge that we wanted to face at that point was to be undercapitalized or, or not have a big enough cushion to grow. So that's how we picked uh, that amount of capital. So how do you talk to people, though, about, I guess, I, I guess maybe your story, too, but also how you work with others to raise that capital? What's that process like to put together the initial capital? It's challenging, it, and I'm, we're getting away from our bank for a bit yeah. because we really need to talk about uh, more important uh, uh, other businesses in the community, but capital or the equity that an owner has in his company represents the, that ownership piece. And the, the other side of the balance sheet where equity is, is debt. Those are liabilities. And so anybody who either runs a company or starts a company is going to acquire the assets with a combination of debt, which are the liabilities, and then the equity, which is what they put into their company. A bank or an investor is, is going to be important for a bank or an investor to see the amount of skin in the game that the entrepreneur has. Have they, have they put 10%, 20%, 5% in the company so that the entrepreneur has risk um, and, re and recognizes the risk and is willing to work hard to overcome that risk with its skin in the game. Does that make a little bit of sense? Yeah. So, well, tell me about it. Let's, let's kind of keep this circle and relationship going because you talked about relationships. So, so tell me about that part of your business that you've got. I mean, you've got to be able to sit down with a, whether it's a customer a personal banker or, 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 a, or a business customer, and you've got to build that relationship and, and help them map out these things. So talk about that process a little bit and what, I guess, what draws you to it. Because you obviously, I mean, you, you know, you're sitting up straighter when you talk about that part of it. So, so tell me a little bit about that and what draws you to it. Well, that's part of the strategic planning or the business plan that we referenced a moment ago. When, um, and we do this every year, and I think most, most companies that have their handle on, on what's going on in the world will, will update um, or refresh their strategic plan every year. And so business owners will want to look at their current objectives and their current goals to make sure that, that they're attainable, they're measurable, and they're consistent with the company. They want to look at the staffing, and this is all part of that strategic look, 
look at the current staffing levels. It is, is it appropriate for the level of sales that the entrepreneur wants to achieve? And, and is it consistent with the growth that they want to do? Uh, look at the facilities, the equipment, look at the operation, look at the general management. What is the structure of the management team? You know, you and I know many entrepreneurs in our area who are you know, kind of like mad scientists. They have wonderful visions and they're, they have high energy and they're, they're big picture people. But unless that mad scientist surrounds himself or herself with, with people who know the numbers and know how to, who follow in their way to make certain that the, the foundation is in place, that business may not, may not succeed. Well, let's, let's actually then maybe, maybe switch hats for you for a second and your involvement with Velocity where you're acting more as a resource or a mentor probably through this group. Is, is that correct, what that, what that group is providing? Well, I, my, my initial role was uh, as part of the task force that City Council and the mayor appointed to see uh, what the level of need there really was for entrepreneurship support. This is probably four, four or five years ago. Once that all finished, then uh, council said, let's start it for the first board of directors, and that's where uh, I took it, helped take it to the next level. So we've got a good board that is well diversified with, we have some entrepreneurs, we have people who own and manage real estate, we have financial planners, we have a banker too, just a, a good array of business people who understand, we think we understand the needs of entrepreneurs. This episode of Community Voices is brought to you by Stewie McBrews, where you're always reminded to never eat more than you can lift. Except wings, burgers, tacos. <laughs> well, okay, and that's where I want to go is, so, not necessarily as your, with your banker hat, but through that, how do you go talk to that mad scientist guy and help him figure out, or her, um, that they may need to surround themselves with some other people. Because you're right, we all know everybody who has the grand idea, and it's wonderful, but maybe not know how to write the path to get there. So, so how, do you, how do you take on that role? How do you kind of, I guess, look at that? Probably uh, one of the most frequent bits of advice I will give to a small business owner, and I've done this for years, is that often a small company, and it might even be a, a company the size of yours, Nick, it might be too small to have a board of directors. And so when the board of directors isn't there, then, then that business is absent people who can give wise counsel on different things like insurance needs and accounting and legal and financial planning. So I will suggest to small business owners that they form in their mind, or maybe, maybe realistically, an advisory board of their attorney, their accountant, their insurance professional, and maybe their financial planner. Because with those four professionals, you pretty much covered the waterfront of, of what is the backbone of any good company. And so using as an example, uh, we've got lots of good accountants in town, and I could name all of them, and if I tried, I'd be in trouble because I missed somebody, but, <laughs> but they're really good accountants, and so find one that, that understands small businesses and the working capital needs of the company, 
um, and the need for financial reporting regularly. It's interesting, Nick, that a lot of companies, uh, when they when they close a loan with the bank, one of typically the financial requirements for that loan is to provide financial reports periodically. And often, way too often, the business owner thinks that they're doing it because the bank wants it. Well, that's not the truth. The truth is the business owner, that's the scorecard. And that is so if, for example, Julia Hampton prepares a financial statement, then she will help that business owner understand what the balance sheet is telling them over time, what the income statement is telling them with various trends and ratios over time, and whether the trends are favorable or negative. A huge positive impact that an accountant can have. Same thing with an attorney. Nothing um, hits a business harder than, for an example, um, to be to be dependent on accounts receivable and all of a sudden have two or three customers who don't pay. And so that's where you might need some support from legal to see if the money can be collected. And, and again, there's a little bit of parallel in banking because we make loans. We hope people will pay those loans too. What do, you, do you think that's the most common stumbling block that you see? I, I really do believe that it's at the top of the stumbling blocks. I mean, it, it's the top of several, but yeah, absolutely, it's critically important, and it's a block. How important is it um, when, you, when somebody is, uh, and I'm assuming people have approached you and said, hey, I've got an idea, how do I, <laughs> how do I take the next step? How do, I, how do I do this? How important is that initial plan, and how detailed does it need to be? It, it really needs to be detailed enough where it prompts the business the prospective business owner to think through all of the things that they're going to face as they strategically plan. SBA.gov or SBA.org, either one will get to the SBA site, has a wide range of resources available, including templates for uh, strategic plans. And um, that's the first thing we challenge an owner to do. You know, look, look at this thing, and it's going to ask you how you're going to organize your company, and you're going to think, well, uh, do I run everything? No, I'm going to be maybe, uh, I'll be the sales manager, but I'll need somebody to be the operational person, and then I'll need somebody to do the accounting. But it, it prompts them to think through those things. So will, will or can Velocity play a role in that kind of, I guess, planning and mentor position for small business owners? If they, they can come to someone on that board or in that group and say, I have an idea, what do I do next? It, it is absolutely doing it now, and, it, and we have larger, bigger plans to do that over time. We um, recently presented to CEDC, which is uh, part of City Council, as we work to strengthen our partnership with the city. And we talked about all of the different seminars and meetings that have been uh, sponsored. Uh, we have had attorneys speak to the groups about the appropriate structure, whether it's a corporation, an LLC, partnership. We have had numerous meetings with accountants on the best way to address financial statements and structure. Uh, we have talked about planning, estate planning. The most recent one was last week, which was focused on, on women who own businesses and the unique challenges that may or may not be faced by those owners. So uh, absolutely, we want to be the go-to for entrepreneurs in Lee Summit. Unfortunately, uh, we believe, and I, I think it's true, we're a little bit behind 
where other communities close to us are right now. What, so what does Velocity need to do then to, to catch up? Well, we need to stick with our plan, but, but a higher level of funding, either through our own ability to generate funds or, or through the, the strength of the city's support, will get us where we need to be. Because our template, I think our template is fabulous. Uh, we have a very, very strong following of entrepreneurs, and the word is out that we are the single sole support group right now for entrepreneurs at Lee Summit. I hope you have heard that too. Well, Velocity is not the only community organization that you are involved with, have been involved with. And I know, I mean, obviously from a professional level, community involvement is big for you. You talked, you talked about relationships for, for your business. But how important, I mean, I'm going to say how important, but I, I, I know, I know you a little bit, but I know that it, it is important for you to, to be involved in the community. So talk a little bit about that and why that's a big deal for you, because I think, you know, you've been on several boards throughout, and that's probably how a lot of people know you. Probably, well, yeah, probably so, Nick. Community support, community involvement is so important to us that when we wrote our original core values for this bank, and there are only three, but the number one was community leadership. I uh, was active, I, have, I haven't always been active in Lee Summit, but when we opened the bank, I dove in with both feet. And we embraced every leadership opportunity that others felt was deserving of us. I am no longer on the Chamber of Commerce board, but I was for a number of years. We are a past uh, business of the year. I'm past cha chairman of the uh, Lee Summit EDC. And so every time we have the opportunity to participate, we don't just want to go to meetings and have a lunch. If there's something substantial uh, or value we can add from a leadership position, we would like to do that. Uh, fortunate enough to be involved with John Knox Village, and uh, I'm on that board. And um, years, several years ago, uh, Mayor Messerly appointed me to the IDA, Industrial Development Authority, and then Mayor Rhodes, has, he continued to appoint me. And uh, when Lawrence Presley retired last year, it was my privilege to become the chairman of that city organ, of that quasi-organization. What do you tell other people about getting involved in the community and, and joining groups, whether it's at board level, whether it's at volunteer level? What do, you, what do you tell others about that and the importance of being in the community? Well, it's important to do it, but it's even more important, Nick, to be involved with something that you're passionate about. I have been on boards, I've been asked to serve on boards, and I served for some time or a brief time and realized that I just, I just didn't feel uh, the high motivation to support that others on the board did, and I was maybe doing those boards a disservice because I didn't have the passion for those. So I think it's critically important for anybody who wants to um, provide leadership in the community or be involved to be selective because we only have so much time that we can do this away from our day job and away from our family or in addition to those things. So it has to be something that one cares deeply about. It sounds like you're talking about do it, it's important, but also do it with a purpose. So you bring everything you've got to that. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's bring this back to, to the original conversation, which is, which is Summit Bank. You just opened a few months ago at your second location. 
why is it important to to add another one? As you said, the the brick and mortar bank isn't as big a deal anymore, but yet you're, there's still a lot of excitement about having another location. So, kind of, I guess the explain that gap to me a little bit. Well, no, the brick and mortar is still a big deal. It's just that so many locations are not critical for people to do their banking business. People still like, by and large, still like to come into the bank. One of the things that we try to do consistently, and I think we successfully do that, is to know our customers well enough to, to greet almost everybody by name when they come in. And again, not a criticism whatsoever, but there are other businesses that don't take the time to know their customers to that level. And believe it or not, people notice that. It's like we treat people, we like to treat people as guests when they come in. And I think that people recognize if they go to other businesses, they notice when they're not recognized as such. The, uh, the new branch for us gave us a more convenient location for more people who live in Lee Summit to know about us. We don't want to, although we focus very well on businesses and we've been successful, we want to do a better job with uh, personal banking and, and allowing people, all people in Lee Summit to have the opportunity to bank with us. How do industries like yours, uh, how do they bridge that gap, though, between very personal touches, and that's how you're building your brand, and, that, and that's great, but how do you bridge that gap when 80% or higher, and I may be, I'm, I'm guessing on that, operate their banking from their phones. Well, I don't know if your, your statistics is high or low, but I, you know, it's about as close as anything. Well, they have to open the account sometime by coming into the bank, and often people are referred to a bank because somebody in their world is satisfied there already. It's a friend or family, and so that's how we initially would make the contact. Um, you're right. I, the fact I do online, I pay my bills online on our online banking platform, and it's fabulous. But we still see a lot of people who come in. We still see a ton of cars drive through making deposits. And I don't really think that part's ever going to change. Is the era of the paper check going away? I'm, that's oh, just my curiosity. It's already, <laughs> it's already waning uh, quite a bit. You know, uh, The debit card and, um, yeah, but we... It, a bank in today's economy is not seeing as many paper checks as 20 years ago. They're just diminishing rapidly. And I was just curious on that because I had to find a checkbook the other day for something, <laughs> and it was just, I had no idea where to look. Well, I, I may even write only maybe three or four checks a month. Everything else I pay online and have set up either on automatic or, or I do it manually. Well, Rick, I want to thank you for sitting down with me. Tell us a little bit about yourself, about your bank and involvement, and, and a little more about Velocity. I think that brand is growing and people are starting to learn about it, but, I, but it's, uh, it seems to be playing a pretty big role in the growth of, of Lee Summit's business community. So thank you. It's my pleasure, Nick. Thank you. And good luck. Thank you.
always talk to people about shopping local, the importance of shopping local. Here's one great reason about shopping local is that you know the people you're doing business with. They're your friends, they're your neighbors, they're people you go to church with, people you hang out with. There's no better example of that than today's sponsor, Bunch of Blinds. This local company is always making themselves available to help the greater community. Just two weeks ago, they collected more than two bucketfuls of supplies for Cold Water Lee Summit's annual back-to-school drive. Hey, not only are they great people in the community, but they also are great at their business. So when you need blinds or shades for your windows, interior decorating, they've got bedding, they've got headboards, mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. And the coolest thing, we always talk about this one, they even have some blinds that you can control with apps on your phone or with your voice to the Alexa or the Google. They are super cool. That is cool. Hey, check them out right in the heart of our city in downtown Lee Summit. Bunch of blinds of Lee Summit. 239 Southeast Main Street. You have been listening to Community Voices, a weekly podcast celebrating the individuals who make our community. Catch the show each Monday at linktoleesummit.com or subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Do you have an interesting story? Does your neighbor, teacher, classmate, or friend? Let us know about it. Connect with us at linktoleesummit.com or through Facebook or Instagram at linktoleesummit.com.